Welcome to Make Limited Podcast, where we talk about inspirational people, motivational stories, and what makes us better humans. We are looking into the history of this narrative in search of insight into our future. Our podcast will hit all angles of each story from bad to good, revealing what it takes to climb out of the bottom of the pit. We like to say, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. It's our motto, and we talk about it here. Welcome to Make Limited Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to Make Limited Podcast. I am so glad you are joining me on another Blueprint episode for our first quarter of the year. If you are new here, welcome. We are so glad you are listening today. Here you will get insights to be inspired, motivated, and become better humans. So subscribe today and be part of the Make Limited team. And talking about subscribing, a huge welcome to our subscribers. Thank you so much for your support. We could not be here without you. I am your host, John, and today we are talking about the blueprint of what made George Washington great. All right, so today we are talking about George Washington, and we're going to go into a little bit of knowing who George Washington is, and then we're going to go into what made George Washington great. So with no further ado, let's get into knowing who is George Washington. Now, George Washington was an American soldier, statesman, and founding father who served as the first president of the United States from 1789 to 1797. He was born February 22nd, 1732, and he died on December 14, 1799. Uh, he was the height of 6'2", and he he went through the president term for from April 30th, 1789 through March 3rd, 1797. He was married to Martha Washington, and all of this is pretty much a short bio of who... George Washington is known for and this is pretty much if you see anywhere uh, about George Washington this is some of the things that you will likely know about him but what are some of the deeper things that made him this figure that we even call here in the United States uh, the founding father uh, who served president of the United States so what makes him great? Well, there are three things that I saw in my research that made Washington great, a great leader, uh, people that looked up to him. Even in today, we still take uh, what he says into our lives and quotes and all these things that we live by, that we agree with what he said and what he stood for. So what made him great and why do we believe that he's a great president of the United States and was one of the was the first president of the United States? So those are three things that I saw that he took into his life and really used them to their full potential. OK, he used them completely. He dried them out as much as he could to their full potential. 
And these are the three things. And we're going to go into them and talk about them because I believe there are going to be an immense help in your life on becoming a better human in this world. So let's talk about them. First of all, we have experience. Second of all, we have innovator. And lastly, we're going to talk about desire. There's are three simple words that I found that really matched who George Washington was and what made him great. So let's go into our first one, which, which is our pro, point number one, which is experience. What are some of the things that we can see through his life that he went through and experienced? Well, some of the things that he went through in the beginning of his life were he went through an experience where he lost his mother at a young age. And we, we see this the same with Abraham Lincoln losing his mother. And these are things that, in some sense, are dramatic changes in someone's life that takes a different turn of direction. And say, for example, if his mother would have stayed alive through his period of his life, maybe things would have been a little bit different. Not that I'm saying that it was you know, good for his mother. Not because it's never a good thing, right? Never a good thing. But the purpose of that was that it turned his point of view into a different direction where his focus was now on the father figure that he needed in his life. And of course, um, his father was a person that he looked up to. And what did his father do, right? Uh, his well, his family was into. Uh, they were kind of like planters, uh, per se, like land, uh, land speculation, cultivation of tobacco and stuff like that. And knowing that his father was already a businessman, and knowing that they were a well-off uh, family in Virginia, um, they weren't super rich, but they also weren't poor. And so they were in between like the high class, middle class, um, where they stood. So being at that state, you understand that there is a little bit of higher education that one gets. Now, he, uh, Washington did have education up to about maybe... Uh, I want to say about the 15 years old uh, that he stopped um, having education. His older brother, uh, Lawrence, was able to have an education in England where a bunch of parents that had uh, there in Virginia that were able to send their kids to England to get a schooling there, which was only the... I want to say the the richest families in that area were able to do that. There are more prominent people that were able to send their kids over there. However, uh, they weren't as rich, the Washington family, so they weren't able to send Washington over there. So that was a hard thing. But, you know, being that their family was in the cultivation of tobacco, land uh, speculation, they were like literally Virginia planter uh, family. He was able to see that in his life. Now, if you know about being a planter, if you know about even like land speculation or cultivation of things, you have to understand that when you cultivate something, you literally are creating it from scratch into 
what you want it to be. So, for example, if you are cultivating a plant or something or, you know, vegetables, you want to cultivate it and every day you're going to take care of it. There's things that you have to do on a daily basis to make sure that it grows as much as possible with the perfect atmosphere, with the perfect area that you're at and take care from, from animals, take care from insects, pesticides. I mean, all of this that goes into all these things that you have to look after. So right away, we can see that we are creating in Washington, George Washington's life that we are creating leadership responsibility. Okay, that's what we're seeing here. Now, his father's name was, I believe, Augustine Washington. That was his father's name. Now, here we see that um, that he was growing in this process that probably he didn't think about probably he had to wake up and go to work and do those things right or because they did have slaves as well uh his father had slaves so they had a, a good amount of slaves in their uh working for them but as well i mean cultivating your children into that area is huge okay anybody that you start from scratch say for example bill gates started computing since they were younger they were actually sending him to like a a area where it was specifically paid for them to learn stuff and keep that education going and that's why he was introduced to a computer which he was glued on from that point right and, and so these things that are starting early of cultivation is very important for young kids that are starting up even at the young age they're starting to know things you know they're starting to figure out things and those are the kids that you usually see more mature in their life right now unfortunately um, Washington's father did uh, die and he died in 1743 and that's when his he the the land wasn't divided you know, like completely every one of the children get everything. He was only given a certain part of the inheritance, which was the fairy farm. And he had about, I believe, 10 slaves there. While his older brother, or his half-brother, Lawrence, uh, inherited pretty much like everything, right? And the thing is that Washington didn't fight him, but he actually learned from his step-brother. Uh, since he, since he had a higher education, right, and he also married a family with that were predominant in their their life. So they were rich, they were uh, wealthy family. So that's what his stepbrother married into, and these are lessons for um, Washington to learn because he understood. He started understanding that when you connect to people of status, you learn from them, right. So he started seeing that that his his brother-in-law or his father-in-law, I mean, I'm sorry, his stepbrother, half-brother married into a wealthy family while he was as well, not as wealthy, but he was wealthy too, into a more wealthy family which was able to make uh the estate bigger, right? For his brother, uh, his uh, half-brother. So what did Washington do? He actually would go visit his brother often and connect with uh, Lawrence's father-in-law and started actually becoming a surveyor uh, through his father-in-law, uh, Lawrence's father-in-law, William Fairfax. 
and he actually started becoming a surveyor and through that connection with William uh, Fairfax he was able to pass the the apprenticeship uh, that you usually have to go before becoming a surveyor which is just a person who measures land and tells the person how much it's worth and that in itself and this was throughout Virginia okay throughout Virginia different lands that they would have to go but um, William Fairfax actually hired him to be his personal um, what's it called um, surveyor and they later on would, wanted to make him I believe um, the Virginia's uh, surveyor and then he resigned after I think about like a couple of years later he resigned because um, he took his oath in 1759 and then he resigned in 1750 so about a year or so that he was there and then he went and did his own things on the side but he was able to buy 100, uh, 1,500 acres of uh, of land in that area. And he, I mean, that's a lot for his young age. But he started realizing that those connections lead to something. That the more you, you know, connect to people of class, the more you can become like them, you can learn from them, and you learn the ropes. And this is all the experience that Washington gained from seeing these things because obviously there was something in there that he wanted which we're going to talk about later on in the podcast so we see this Washington sees his brother marry a wealthy woman he goes and visits him often and connects with the father-in-law the father-in-law sees him as a very smart educated a, a person who is willing to to work willing to work hard and has that leadership in him instowed from him from the beginning learning from his father and the leadership through the through the all areas of the school because i mean running an area like that when you have to cultivate things again it's not something that is easy but if you ask any farmer if you ask any person that cultivates plants and like that it takes a process and learning from that process build i believe in george washington's life which ultimately started making him that better leader that we see that we saw through history and time and another thing that i believe as he was growing up and he wanted to explore more things he wanted to become more uh you know i guess adventurous uh, because in that time it wasn't like now you don't have influencers creators that young people want to become right and it's something that people want to go into back then it was like military you wanted to go into military because that was what was in right that's what you want to be doing so like every young man Washington joined the military right he wanted to be a, a part of it he loved the structure he loved the way it was the believe everything of it he was just drawn to it because that was the kind of person that he was growing up to be like seeing everyone now unfortunately unfortunately his brother-in-law Lawrence I mean his brother-in-law his stepbrother did pass away uh sadly he he did die and I believe um um I don't remember what he died of, but I know that it was a really issue that they had moved to Barbados to see if the weather there would help. Fortunately, it didn't. Um, and Washington did get, uh, I think, believe his chickenpox and kind of left him scars on his face. In short, his brother-in-law, I mean, his, his stepbrother died. And two years later, his stepbrother's wife and kid also died, which... He was ending, he ended up inheriting his brother's land 
in Vermont, um, Mount Vermont. And so that was another, you know, sadly, but positively thing that happened to him because he inherited more. So now he was moving up in the ladder, right? And so, you know, now that he learned how to run things, how to do things, and he wanted to go into military, he learned because he learned from failure from many battles before winning the American Revolution that we know as now. There was many battles that he went into, he thought to be, you know, great, but he failed at knowing some of the things that uh, military uh, tactics would take. But the thing about George Washington is that he, like I said in the beginning, he juiced everything. He made sure that it was dry. Why? Because he wanted to learn every single thing about it. Because he knew that he needed to know those things in order to what? In order to gain the confidence of people and have their credibility with the elite or with the the captains that were uh, in charge of him, all this stuff, right? So every time that he got the opportunity to really shine, he would take it. And uh, and that's one of the things that, that I put here. I, I actually wrote, uh, he acted on opportunities that would help him um, have a good name, position, image, and reputation. And we see this throughout his life. Everything that he was challenged to put or anything that people would vote him into, he took it on as a challenge, but worked on it 100%. Now, you can say he had like hats that he would take off because when he became uh, the the commander-in-chief, he would make sure that he worked that position 100%. But then when he would go home with his wife or something like that, he completely changed, took up the hat, and would just put on the hat of being a person that running his, his home, right? So he was very different in the positions, but still remained that same person that he believed to be of leadership. So again, he learned from failure. One of the things that he did and helped him a lot in winning the American Revolution because his experience as a surveyor, his experience of learning, learning the land and um, in Virginia and and fighting against the the French and the American uh, the French uh, and Indian War taught him a lot. So when the British came over and they were trying to you know attack them, he knew a lot of the land and were able to attack in different manners because of his knowledge of the land and how the land was versus the British who came over overseas and didn't know about the land. And so one of the other things that really helped him in the whole failure thing was that every time in the American Revolution that they would lose and they would retreat was a way of him uh, trying to save his army and not giving up because he knew that the more he persisted, the more that he was wearing the British army and ultimately leading to the Americans winning. And so that was another thing. Uh, the lastly thing that from his experience was books. One of the things that he had in his office in his home was a huge library of books. Uh, and this was for reasons that he didn't finish his schooling. He wasn't able to go to college or anything like that. Um, later on, probably in the year she was, um, not too sure about that. But from what I collected, he read books to make up for his education. And that's one of the things that he did uh, to really push him forward and learn, which was the main things that he he really liked to learn were about like math. So learning those skills really helped him out 
to be a person who would work in surveying, which led him to connect with uh, William uh, Fairfax, who also gave him that opportunity to become a surveyor and just shortcut everything. Not shortcut, but skip the whole apprentice thing, apprentice uh, ship. And just moving in into uh, getting him certified. Of course, he took the whole survey license thing, and he was able to become the the counties uh, from Virginia the surveyor for them. So those are things that he did that helped him out become a great leader that we know him as today. The next thing is point number two is he was an innovator, and this was some of the things that I was really interested in seeing with George Washington because his innovation was just impeccable. I was just amazed with his innovation, and some, some of the things here is knowing where he was in depth, right, or better yet, let's start off with uh, he built his land. And this was something that he did amazingly. You know, when he had his estate, and it was about, I believe, when he started, his first land was 1,500 of acres. Then he gained the land that his, uh, uh, his after his brother had passed away, he gained those land. And then he married Martha, uh, his wife, which, by the way, was very interesting getting into this uh concept because there's very contradictory things here and remember here and make lemonade we like to see all points of view so this was very interesting for me to find in his innovation so uh and you take it as you will uh this is your this is the way that we got things and everybody has their own opinions and we respect that and so this is the way that we saw things in our point of view so in a sense where when George Washington was at a point of trying to find love, right? He had found this woman, which he fell in love with. And her name was Sally. Unfortunately, Sally was uh, <laughs> married to another man that was actually his mentor, one of his mentors. And he would write letters to her, uh, and she would try to write back, but to be not to like create something out of nothing because she was already in a different place. So then he, there's this woman, Martha, that came that had two kids and uh, she was a widow. Her husband had died, but left her with like a lot of land and a lot of money. I think I believe it was about 8,000 uh, acres of land that she had. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, if I am, I apologize, but, According to my information, that's how much, right? And, you know, he connected with her. There was a connection between both of them. And sooner than later, they were married very quickly. And so this is something that we were kind of, you know, thinking about because, you know, not too long he was writing letters to this other woman, Sally, that he was in love with. But then all of a sudden he sees, you know, an opportunity. And again, what we like to say when I wrote he acted on opportunities that would help him have a good name, position, image, or reputation. And those are the things that he jumped with. And literally, marrying Martha gave him the status of being in the elite. And that was one of the things that he wanted. Now, do, why do we put this with innovation? It's because part of life, 
And part of the things that we live by is the opportunities that we find. Now, I'm not saying be a gold digger and go and find somebody. But what I'm saying is that this is something that Washington did in his life to improve it, right? He saw an opportunity and he took it, right? Again, I am not promoting gold digging whatsoever. But this is something that could be seen as such. Of course... He was already a man that was creating his own reputation. He was already a man that had an estate. He was well off. And he was trying to make a name for himself. And this was a step, a big stepping stone for him to get himself into where he wanted to be. And that's the elite. So that was a way that he built his land and built his wealth even more. And even then, even once he was already married to Martha, he was able to even grow their land even huger I don't, I don't even know if that's a word but he was able to build it up to the point that he had about 50,000 acres of land in different areas not only in Virginia but in some other areas that he bought land which you know towards his end of his life some of those lands um, he had to sell um, but he did it in a very smart way which was he sold it instead of selling big amount of lands to other people he actually sold it to like a middle class where he thought that they would actually appreciate that amount of land, small land, and they would actually take care of it and grow it. And that's one of the things that he did towards the end of his life where he was seeing some declines on, on, on his wealth and on the land because much of his wealth that he had was actually through the things that he owned, not through ca- to like, like pocket cash, you know what I mean, or bank cash. Most of it was through land and things that he owned, like slaves and, and like horses, donkeys, all those things. So it was it was really that area that he was rich in uh, that we found. Now, one of the other things that he did uh, that we admire as an innovator that he was is he found ideas that could fix his debt situation. Now, at a certain time, there was a point where he was ex- he was really fond of expensive things and he would buy them. And the way that he would do it, he would actually exchange tobacco with Britain for things that he wanted that were really luxurious. And at that point, there were certain things that were happening that his tobacco wasn't making the money to supply for things in his life, his home and stuff like that. So it was declining so one of the things that he had to see, he went back to his land. He he noticed that, you know, the people that were sending him stuff from Britain uh, saw him and he felt that they were seeing him as second class, which in turn made him upset because he, he wanted to be seen as first class, the elite. And that brought him to change the tobacco to grain and was able to actually sell produce from the grain to different areas. And that actually made him get out of debt. And so that was something that I found really interesting that he was in the field of produce and, you know, having a factory that was farming and process all of that into different areas where he could sell his grain and make a living off that. And so that is very interesting of how he found ideas in every area in his life that could fix the situation that he was in he was always looking seeing outside the box always looking around the situation bird eye view trying to see what he could do to 
change the situation but looking it through the you know another pair of eyes like a looking it through the outside of the box instead of just being inside of it so that was something that was really innovative that we saw and he we see it throughout his life throughout his military tactics because he wasn't known to be a smart person he wasn't known but he was learned to be a leader and that leader was innovative because he, he when he went back to his farm he was looking for new things that could help uh, the farming right not just you know trying to uh, get more people to work but what were some things that he could make work faster or work better for his growth on his farming so one of the things that he actually did, uh, one of the king, uh, the, one of the kings from Spain at the time, um, sent him a very high breed donkey. And what was really interesting about this is that he actually started breeding it and started selling it because he be he believed that it was the next big thing in cargo and farming, that it would take people further in their economy through this donkeys and so he started selling them and he started actually making breeds of them and that was something that actually worked and and helped him out as well in his finance and stuff like that so i mean things that he did through the innovation innovative spirit that he had in his life now the third thing that we want to go to is the desire now there was a lot of things that as humans we desire constantly right a better living better life you know wealth good health food good food good things to have in our lives we all desire something better and so you know george washington was not far from it as well in fact he was way beyond it from the beginning of his life he knew that he wanted to be in the elites and he did everything he could possibly every opportunity that was thrown at him to literally be in the elites and one of the ways that he did it that we talked about earlier was he married sarah i mean i'm sorry he married um uh he married martha he married martha and that took him into the place of elites but he didn't stay there you know he just didn't go in there and that opened doors for him but through the military tactics to joining uh, the, the elites and and having his experience shine through there and having what he believed be a part of it were things that really got the elite people to accept him and bring him up to places. Because ultimately with his grain business and, and stuff that he innovated, he actually became the richest person in Virginia, which gave him the... I believe the leverage to become the chief, the the chief and um, uh, in the in the military for the American Revolution, and ultimately led him to become the first president of the United States through the process of him and people seeing him capable of doing all these things that he had gone through through his experience in his life. And that's why we see that his desire to be in the elites was a place that led him to become president, right? Because he networked it, he connected with people, and he saw opportunities, and he took them 100%. He, didn't, he wasn't shy about it. He took them 100%. And that is something that we see here with George Washington, which, again, led him to be 
president of the United States and led him to be a, a leader of many different areas. But he would not have done it if he didn't have those experiences in his life. So those are the things that we one of the things that we saw as well. Uh, another thing that we saw was that he wanted to be respected. And that's what one of the things that we say is that he became what he needed to be according to his position. And since he wanted to be respected in every area that he was in, he became what he needed to be according to his position. And, you know, when he became a lieutenant or when he became uh, the the chief of the, the American Revolution, the military army, <clears throat> He became what he needed to. And there's pros and cons to this because <clears throat> what happens in this situation is that, you know, becoming what you need to be, you have to face a bunch of odds. And in there, you have to be a leader that can see the bird eye view of what's going on and make your decisions according to your belief and according to what's best for people, right? So, in this many areas and aspects of life, people can see you in many different directions. People can like you, people can hate you. But in overall, the thing here that he worked for that peace and that respect was that he was able to listen to everyone's opinion while still keeping his belief strong and then using all of that to literally make decisions that were best in different areas. And ultimately, that hunger for respect and that need for respect caused him to go 100% on things that he did because of it and people would admire him and respect him more than what he even thought he wanted to be respected and you know in doing those and doing that one of the temptations for many leaders in an area where there is a revolution on let's say for example like what we had here in the American Revolution you have the leader in some states want to stay leader through their whole time. And Washington did have the opportunity to stay leader through his whole lifetime. But he only went two terms. And after that, he gave it because through his office, through that time of his life, one of the focus he was was to leave a legacy for the next presidents that were to come because he wanted that he didn't believe and didn't believe that in the structure that you know the british were coming was going to be effective in this next area that they were going into so making it a little different and making things preparing them for the people that were coming next was something that changed them or separated him from the regular leaders of a revolution to who we see George Washington as, right? Now, this is what led him to be a good leader in the desire because he wanted to be a good leader and he that was one of his biggest desires. But what separated him from that, that he knew, again, as we said, um, he became what he needed to be according to his position, right? And this is what we saw. He became a good leader by serving the leadership position that he was but as well knowing when it's time to go and that's what a lot of people in the in the area that he was in um, that admired from him and why they wanted to make him even more than just a president they wanted to you know they they wanted to make him like literally the king of America and so 
he saw this as a not so much good thing because he knew that if they went the same way that the British were going, it was just going to be another disaster after disaster. And that was going to lead back to another thing like the British. So it was important for him to be a good leader and to understand this process and to teach others what the process is going to be in order for it to keep on going. So that's the things that we saw with him. Now, being a good leader, again, one of the the cons about it and being a good leader is that even though you make a lot of decisions according to what your office is, is you you got to understand that there are many experiences as a good leader is that they make decisions and they take it with them to their homes, to their house, and all these things, right? And there are some things that we see as unfair when a leader does this even beyond because, yes, even George Washington was an amazing leader. We saw that his slavery in his home uh, grew because of his estates that he had, right? And the lands that he owned. And he needed people to cultivate him. He needed people to grow them. So in the in that area of his life, there were times where he did have actual slaves that wanted to leave the area. He did have times where, um, you know, he was, he was over, you know, overdid his leadership and what he wanted because he was fixated on being what he was meant to be according to the position he was in. So if he was the owner of a home and an estate that requires people to farm and he needs those things for to sell in his in his, uh, you know, the grain, whatever, all this stuff, he needs people to do it. And he needs people to do it in certain things, a certain time. And he will push to get those things. And sometimes that can end up bad, which caused a lot of uh, of slaves to want to leave. Right. Because some of the, uh, the places they lived, they weren't as good. Um as other people had it in their states, and I believe during the time that he was in the, in the in the American Revolution, he had about I believe seventeen slaves that actually left, and some of the people that served in their homes actually left as well, and there were runaways. And so, those are things that we see. Even though he was a good leader, sometimes the position of being a good leader and you know making sure that your job gets done because that's what you need to be doing. Um, there's mistakes and there's things that, you know, are not good. And so this is some of the things that we see, but what make him human. This is what we see that, you know, even though he was a great person and he was a great leader and he became the founding forefathers, there were some, there were a lot, right, of errors in his life that we see. And I believe that's what made him the leader that he was because he was able to understand people he was able to get them to do what he wanted but as well that leadership at points were too much and were too forward into uh, what he was doing but overall we do see him as being uh, some of the things here that we saw experiences innovation and desire that made him a great leader in his life and so i leave you with this as my conclusion and this is a quote that i believe that sums up everything about george washington in his life and this is uh, this is the quote and is taking a risk is a sign that you believe in yourself even if others see inevitable failure 
because you know if there's a possibility of success you can change that world for the better and I believe this sums up everything that George Washington did because everything that he put his hands on he saw the possibility of success and he saw the innovation of something being better than what it is and he always pushed everyone to their best ability to be that better and and we see this also through his through his area of presidency where he saw people that were as we know that he lacked education but as he saw people who were really good and educated in areas in his office he would appoint them to be there because he needed them to do the things that he couldn't again he saw the impossible possible and that made him successful even if others saw failure and that's one of the reasons why people chose him because he had this position and this eye to see things better. And so these are the things that we believe that made President George Washington great. you have reached the end of today's podcast thank you so much for joining me on make limited podcast i hope that you are inspired motivated to be better humans you can reach us on facebook at make limited podcast or at our website make limitedpodcast.com let us know how make limited podcast is making you a better human catch us on the next episode where we will have a special guest on our show talking about the analysis blueprint of what leads one into a successful life. It's going to be incredible. Until then, stay awesome, and I'll be talking to you later. Peace.